Welcome to the Power of Great. I'm your host, Matt Crane, and every single week, I come to you right here on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, and Pandora with one simple mission in mind. That's to help you recognize that your current situation is not your defining moment. And this week, I have the pleasure of speaking with top producing real estate agent, investor, developer, and principal in over $50 million of land, commercial, and residential real estate transactions. Not only is my guest a expert in the real estate world, but he's also the author of three real estate books, including Home, Inc., which he co-authored with New York Times best-selling author and world-renowned Brian Tracy. He also writes for the Huffington Post, and he's been featured in many, many different places, such as the New York Times, Newsday, and the Wall Street Journal. Alex Goldstein, welcome to the Power of Great, my man. Great to be here, Matt. Thank you so much for that introduction. I don't know how I'm ever going to live up to it. <laughs> hey, you know, the cool thing about it is that when you go on these podcasts and when you're doing these types of shows, you got to have your niche, right? You got to have something that the audience can always count on. And for me, it's the introduction. And here's why I say that. Because I want the guests to get so excited about the way they're getting introduced to the show that they have no choice but to elevate the content they're going to bring to the audience. All right. Well, I'm on board. Awesome. So, you know, Alex, we were talking a little bit offline and you said something to me that really stood out because I've taken this for granted and I never looked at it like this. And I want to start off before we even dig into some of your background. Let's just jump right into it. You know, when you, when you and I were talking offline, you said, you know, Matt, real estate is, is traditionally the biggest financial decision or investment that any person, persons will ever make. But yet, they don't treat it with the same respect that they do other financial decisions. So kind of break that down for our audience really quickly before we go into anything else and really talk to me about in your experience why that, why that statement was made and why you feel that way. Well, you know, the, the, the fact is that for most people, the largest dollar decision they'll ever make will be buying or selling their personal residence. Now, for other people at higher levels of income, they may, you know, get involved in investment properties and so forth. But just, you know, putting all that aside, just to the basics, you've got this tremendous amount of money that you're making a decision about. And people tend to treat it, I think, with less care than they do some other financial decisions. And, and a big part of that is the education because real estate falls through the gap, right? You've got the, the financial advisor profession who can advise you about stocks and bonds and securities and they get paid on that stuff, right? And so that's where their focus is. They're looking at Wall Street stuff and real estate is like this separate thing and they're not really giving people that kind of advice. Conversely, you have the real estate profession where they're very focused on the nuts and bolts of the real estate transaction, on what's going on with the property, but they're not necessarily that well-versed in financial planning and helping people put it in some kind of context. So it's a little bit crazy, but you have this you know, giant financial decision that is falling through the cracks for a lot of people because nobody's there to cover the full spectrum. You know, I, I, I got to tell you, I am, when it comes to like, <clears throat> excuse me, when it comes to the real estate world, I'm, a, I'm, I'm 
probably less than a novice, right? I'm like any other consumer out there. I'm looking at reports or I'm trying to find the most educational and, and, and informed individual that can help me. But one thing that I love what you just said there is that it really goes deeper than, you know, the company that you're using or the type of property that you're trying to purchase. It really comes down to is someone willing to coach you through the process, educate you through the process and take that financial decision almost more importantly than you would. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a matter of, of taking it seriously, I think is the first step and just recognizing it because not a lot of people are there to do that. And, and to some extent, you know, you're going to be on your own, but you can also think through some important questions to make sure that you're making the right decision. And so a lot of what I do is to provide hopefully good advice and help my clients make better decisions when it comes to real estate, thinking through the opportunities and the risks and looking at it in the context of their overall financial picture. Because people can get carried away uh, on the upside and then they can also sometimes be overly conservative with their decision. And sometimes I look at somebody and I say, hey, look, you know, do you really want to you know, cut yourself and your family off from the amenities you really want to save what may just be a few bucks in the grand scheme of, you know, your financial picture. Or alternatively, you know, they're swinging for the fences and they're saying, hey, I know I'm going to be making more money and I'm going to just, you know, buy the biggest house that I possibly can. And then I got to pump the brakes and say, well, you know, again, let's, let's get back to the basics. And the only way I can do that is if I have a decent relationship with people and they have uh, you know, the, if they're willing to listen to what I have to say. And so, you know, that's, that's what I look at as my primary job with most of my clients is getting to the heart of what's really going on in their life. What's their bigger financial picture. And then once we have that, then we can start talking about the real estate stuff, but you don't have that to begin with. You're, you're really missing a, a lot when you're making the decision. You know, I absolutely love what you just said there because you're exactly right. It's so funny to me. You'll walk into a clothing store and you'll spend $125 on a pair of jeans because they're everything you want. But yet you will cut ten dollars to $15,000 off of a home purchase to save money and give up a closet space or give up an extra bedroom. Um, and, and you know, it's so funny to me, like, man, it's like the whole time you were talking, I was sitting here shaking my head smiling because I'm thinking, man, he's so spot on. And, you know, it kind of goes into, in my opinion, what you like to call, and you actually wrote a book about this called No Nonsense Real Estate. So for everyone out there right now, you want to get to nonsensebook.com. My man Alex is going to break down in his book called No Nonsense Real Estate, how you can avoid the common mistakes of buying and selling a home or investment property, how you can get a great deal on your next home, how to know whether it's better to buy, build, or remodel. What owners and buyers of luxury homes should know and do differently than mom and pop homes and getting top dollar when you're selling your home. So kind of walk me through, Alex, when you go into a client and when you're working with your particular book of business, break down what it is to do no nonsense real estate with Alex Goldstein. Well, the first thing is to get to know the person and understand a little bit about their needs. And a lot of times when people will call me, they're, they're there to call me for a specific thing. They'll say, okay, well, you know, I'm really interested in this property or here's what I've got going on and I want to do this. And people, you know, come to me oftentimes ready to take action, which of course, you know, is great. Uh, you know, and I encourage people to take action, but I'm much more useful to them 
if I have a little bit of context about what's going on in their lives. Because a lot of times what I've found is that people don't know what they don't know. And if they haven't told me everything, then I can't present options to them that they might not have considered. I also can't tell them about risks they may not have considered. So I like to begin the relationship by getting to know each other. And I'd much rather sit down and have a cup of coffee with somebody and understand what's going on in their life before we start talking about real estate. And that's the way to be most effective. So whenever I can do that, I try, um, you know, but oftentimes I'm kind of just doing it on the fly because a lot of my clients are incredibly busy, high net worth individuals, and they don't have the time. And so it's just a matter of let's get to know each other as we go and, you know, try to make sure that you're looking at the opportunities you should and avoiding the risks you might not have considered. So when you think about avoiding the risk, what's a common risk that, that most buyers or let's talk, let, let's go a little bit deeper. You know, folks that are selling their home, especially right now because the market is so hot. What's some common mistakes that people overlook when they're in the, let, let's break it down into two parts. When they're in the first part of buying a home, and then break down the second part when they're selling one. I think the most common mistake that people make when they're looking to buy a home is to not take into account their time frame. So everybody's focused on the dollars and you know it's like oh if this, you know, house is comped out at, you know, a million dollars, well I want to pay, you know, 980 and I want to know that I'm getting a deal and you know and, and so everybody's focused on those numbers. But where I go is I say, let's talk about your time frame. Because the one thing I've learned about real estate is that the first way and the easiest way to get in big trouble with real estate is to make a short-term decision. So if you are making a decision that you're, you're going, well, you know, we want to buy this house, but, you know, our family's going to get bigger or smaller in the next three years, or I might get transferred, or, or there's all these maybes. The reality is, is you're making a decision that you might have to change in two or three years, you wanna be more conservative, okay? However, if you're in a phase of life where things are pretty stable and you feel like you know that, hey, this is where we wanna be for 10 years or more, then I think the opposite is true and that you should be a little bit more aggressive and spend more to get the house you really want to provide the lifestyle you want because in two to three years, prices may zoom up, interest rates may change, all these different factors can change. And if you're making a really long-term decision, it's gonna be tough for you to lose in real estate. So that's the first thing I counsel people to do is to think about that time frame, And that's, I think, the most important thing to think of on the buy side. And then in terms of the sell side, uh, the most common thing I see is that uh, people really, don't apply the same thinking as a seller as they do as a buyer. So when they walk into an open house or something or go look at a property with an agent, they will criticize every last little thing and look for any reason to knock a property out of consideration. However, when they're selling, they look at their house and they go, oh, well, they'll see past, you know, this dirt or they'll see past, you know, that peeling paint or, you know, the right, the right buyer will come along and they'll know. And it's like Jekyll and Hyde. They take a totally different perspective when they're looking at their own home versus looking at others. And so what I tell people is, you know, be more conscientious about how you 
act as a buyer when you walk through a property. And it's great as a couple too, because, you know, if you've got two people there, they can kind of call each other on their stuff and say, okay, you know, you tore apart this house because it had this problem, that problem, that problem. And then we come back to our house and look at selling it and you say, oh, don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. So if people were as critical of their own home when they go to sell it as they are of other people's homes when they go to buy, they'll be in a much better position. Wow. You know, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not really taking notes, shame on you because my man, Alex, what I really love about what he's doing is he's giving you such a simple approach to a very complex situation. Look, buying a home is so complex. Selling a home, in my opinion, is even more difficult than buying a home. And, you know, especially nowadays with so many avenues to, to Google.com this or so many real estate companies or so many how-tos out there, you really have to get yourself educated. But more importantly, here's what I love what Alex does. Alex, in such a short amount of time, he just reminds me of that good old boy across the street that I could literally go and have a sit down conversation with and he's going to give me so many practical pieces of information that I can use right away and I don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure it out. You know, so Alex, let, let's go a little bit deeper. First of all, buddy, I want to say thank you again for being here. Alex Goldstein, ladies and gentlemen, you got to get over to nonsensebook.com. You got to get his book, No Nonsense Real Estate. You know, once again, he's a top producing real estate agent. Over $50 million of land, commercial, and residential real estate transactions. Abs and Alex, how old are you? I am 43 years old. But that, that, that $50 million, though, that was just the stuff that I did as principal. I've, I've been representing people on their transactions uh, you know, for quite a while now as well, of course. So, so there again, my, my, my apologies. I've shortchanged my man, Alex. He, he's, a big, <laughs> he's a big baller, ladies and gentlemen, and I love that. So, you know, kind of walk us through, um, you know, when did you know that real estate was the, 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 the place you wanted to be? And what was it like with your first transaction? Well, my first transaction, uh, I bought a condo when I was living in Los Angeles. And this was... Uh, I closed on it. I'll never forget. I closed on it in early 2000, which was great because I got to see the stock market crash just after I made the biggest financial decision of my life. And I'm going, oh, this can't be good, you know? And, uh, and I remember that when I went into the title company to sign those documents, I just thought, my goodness. I mean, are they going to ask me to sign this in blood? I mean, they had me fingerprinting. There's a stack of documents, you know, six inches high. I mean, it was, it was incredible. And I was, I was terrified, you know, I went, I was totally ill prepared. And, uh, you know, the agent that had represented me didn't give me a clue what was coming down the pike, you know, and, and I recognized that as an agent, you know, you can't, educate people about every, you know, step of the process and the minutia. But that's also part of the reason why I wrote my books, because I can give it to a client and say, you know what, if you read this, we're going to have a much better relationship and you're going to know to ask questions that you might not know. And that's kind of, you know, what got me to where I am today is I, I still remember that, that fear and that uncertainty that I had in that first transaction. And uh, it's almost amusing now because, you know, it's like, Every part of that I can do 
you know, backwards and forwards in my sleep. But the first time it was tough. And I, and I try to remember that so that when I work with clients, I am not uh, leaving out important information. You know, I, I, and, and let's go a little bit deeper there. You entered into an industry at a time when it was crashing. How many times did you think, did I make a mistake or did you just understand, you know what, this, this too shall pass and I have to just push through it and keep and, and, and stay focused on the big, bigger picture? Well, when, when, with my first personal residence, you know, I just, I'd kind of resigned to the fact that I probably made a pretty bad mistake in the timing, but you know, the market was so hot at that time in Los Angeles and it's hot now. Uh, I'm sure it's even more difficult than it was then, but you know, there weren't a lot of options. I mean, I was looking at homes in my budget and it wasn't like there were even two homes that I would live in. It was like, I looked at all these properties, all of them. I thought, wow, I mean, I am, I'm going to feel probably suicidal if I live in this property for longer than a day. And I mean, they were just terrible. And then there was only one that was livable. So, I mean, it was, it was process of elimination, get into this. And so from that standpoint, it was like, okay, well, at least, you know, I'm going to enjoy my life here for the next few years, even if I don't make any money. And, and I do think that that's an important thing for people to recognize how much of the decision you make is investment versus consumption. And, and I think it's important to point out that you should be okay with consumption. You know, you shouldn't try to turn your home into a pure investment. I think that that's a way that people wind up making some bad decisions, but just be conscientious of it and say, you know what, I'm going to do this because I want to do this and because it's right for my family, not necessarily because it's going to put more money in my pocket. I absolutely love that definition, investment versus consumption. You know, because so many people want to consume everything, but yet you have, to, you know, most people fail to really see the bigger picture in the investment side too, especially when you're looking at selling or buying. I absolutely love that, that breakdown. You know, so what was it like writing and co-authoring a book with Brian Tracy? It was a great experience. I, you know, I had written uh, a book that I, I self-published just as an ebook a couple years before. And, you know, being able to work with his team and everything uh, really helped me to get a better perspective on the whole process. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was great. It was something that I'm really glad that I did. And every time I publish a book, I think it's a little bit better than the last one. And it's something that I really enjoy doing. And, uh, you know, certainly to be able to have the opportunity to speak to you and to your audience, you know, these are things that the books afford that wouldn't have happened. You know, I just sort of, all this information would be stuck in my brain somewhere and nobody else would get access to it. So it's pretty cool when you write a book to be able to connect with the world like this. Yeah. And, and let's go a little bit further, you know, real estate agents as a whole, um, you know, obviously you have those top producers that you see on television and now with a lot of the, the funnels and so many things out there, you see a lot of video marketing, but yet kind of how important is it for real estate agents or real estate investment or those people in the real estate field to have those types of products like a book or an ebook or something tangible that the marketplace can access from them? Well, I think that the, the, 
there are so many problems with our industry and our profession. I mean, the view of realtors is about as bad as the view of Congress. I mean, people are just sick of dealing with people who don't know what they're doing or who just, you know, want to ring that cash register. And it's important for a real estate agent to realize that that's what they're going up against, you know, so to not to be naive about what the perception is. And so what I tell other agents is that you can't talk to people about how much you know or how good you are or how much you care because talk is cheap and every agent says that. What you have to do is to demonstrate that you're different instead of talk about how you're different. And so for me, uh, books were one way to demonstrate that. And hopefully having conversations like this with, with you and with other hosts of you know, radio and podcast hosts will help people understand a little bit more about what differentiates good service from bad and what they should be looking for when they deal with an agent. Um, so I wouldn't say that you know, the book is a magic bullet, but it certainly helped a tremendous amount. And the world keeps changing and agents are going to have to continue to change with it and find ways to demonstrate their value without just coming across as somebody who's saying the same things that everybody else says. Because everybody says, well, I'm different because I care more about my clients. I'm different because I am an expert in the area. You know, I mean, they've all got their shtick and people have heard it a hundred times. So I think that that's what the profession needs is to just own up to what's going on in the industry and make the right decisions to be different and to demonstrate that difference. I love that. So, you know, what, what, what would it be like to work with Alex? You know, if I'm, if I'm going to be selling my home or a property, or I may be looking to invest in some property, or maybe I want to purchase a property, you know, what am I really going to get from Alex Goldstein that I'm not going to get from someone else? Well, first and foremost, I subscribe to the principle that I should never be involved in a transaction where I can't add value. So what I want to do is ascertain whether or not I can add value to the transaction. That comes in one of a few ways. It's either with a level of knowledge or skill in a particular type of property or area, or it's simply providing a level of service that makes things easier for people. So if I can't do one of those two things, then I probably don't deserve to be involved. And so the first time we meet, I'm really going to be digging into what is it that's going on in this person's life? What do they really want? Because a lot of the same things apply to investments as does to a personal residence. You know, a lot of times people will come thinking, hey, I want to invest in this. When I dig deeper, I find out, well, that's not really it. You know, like for instance, I had a, uh, a client come to me who had inherited quite a bit of money and was looking to. Uh, take that money from one type of property that was located in another state and bring it uh, somewhere locally. And, you know, she had been advised by a lot of people to buy, you know, Walgreens or CVS real estate and that this was the safest thing and the best thing and all this sort of stuff. And so she's talking to me about buying this stuff. Now for most agents, that's a dream come true. You have somebody come in, they know what they want. They got a lot of dough and they're ready to take action. And, and I said, well, hey, hey, wait a minute. Why do you want this? And we started digging in and she wasn't aware of some of the risks that I saw. And, you know, long story short, we ended up going in a completely different direction and she was thrilled with it, but it wasn't the direction that she thought she'd be going in. And I know for a fact that other brokers who had been speaking with her were more than happy to just 
take her down the path without asking any of these questions, without having any real understanding of what was going on behind the scenes, what her financial needs really were, and what her risk tolerance was. So that's what I like to do. And the best outcomes I have for clients are when they will sit down with me and, and let me do this and really you know, let me understand their needs at an intimate level. And then I can perform better for them. You know, I really love that. And, and, and something that I respect is, you know, you, no matter what they are, whether they have all the money in the world, which like you said, is a real estate's dream, or whether they're just, you know, they, they, they have a limited budget, you have to slow the process down. You really have to dig deep. You really have to understand your clientele. And the only way you're going to understand how to best take care of your client is you first have to learn your client. And, and, and you know, in my experience in the real estate world, that's one thing that I can say is that so many real estate agents are so quick to just get you on something they, and, and they want you to buy, 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 buy. And, you know, sometimes that's why I believe the process takes so much time is because they fail to really dig deep at the beginning to find out those questions. So it eliminates the time on the back end. And um, I think what you described is something that, that really helps with you not only retaining your clients, but also, in my opinion, it has to truly help your referability in the marketplace, correct? I'd like to think so. I mean, I, I have good relationships with my uh, past clients and we get a lot of repeat business. So I do think that people appreciate the way that I work. But of course, it's also not for everyone. You know, a lot of people feel like, hey, you know, I know exactly what I want. I just want to, you know, do it quickly. And that's fine. I mean, you know, if somebody is is really determined to take action or they have a pressing need like a relocation or something, you know, there are circumstances where, you know, being slow and methodical can actually present risks of its own because you could have a fast moving market or an opportunity that's going to go away quickly. And so when that happens though, I feel like when I have a relationship with someone, we have the trust where I can pick up the phone and say, Hey, look, you need to stop what you're doing and get over here now and take a look at this because if you don't, the next thing that you're going to look at is probably going to cost, you know, 300 grand more or not be as good. And so, you know, do it. And if we don't have that relationship, they're just going to, you know, they're not going to pay attention to it because a lot of agents will, will say that about everything. You know, <laughs> they'll say, Oh, this is the greatest property in the history of the world, regardless of whether they believe it. And it's like, when you've said that, you know, 14 times in a row, you're just the boy who cried wolf. And that's the problem with the industry. So until people get to know me, they're probably not going to take seriously that recommendation. Absolutely. You, you don't want to hear the same thing all the time. If you're telling me, Alex, something that I'm not hearing from someone else, then there's a good chance that you're, you're the one that's telling me the facts. I, I, that's how I look at it. You know, if I, if I take five real estate agents and the other four sound just the same, and it, it just almost sounds like a regurgitated autoresponder. I'm not looking for auto responses. I'm looking for whether I like it or not, facts are facts, and here's what you have to work with. And I love that. Alex, where can people go to find out more about you, what, what you do, and, and how they can possibly seek you out to do business with you? Uh, sure. If people go to nonsensebook.com, they'll find out about the book. And there's also uh, an opportunity to reach out uh, and connect with me. I can't uh, work with people directly and represent them outside the state of Arizona, but I'm happy to answer people's questions or help them to find someone in their area who may be able to serve them. 
Okay, great. So there again, if you're in the Arizona marketplace, for all the listeners out there on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Pandora, you got to get a hold of my man, Alex Goldstein. He's going to take care of your real estate needs. He's going to take care of you as a client. But more importantly, I want everybody right now to stop what they're doing. I want you to go to nonsensebook.com. I want you to download anything and everything that's available on that website. But more importantly, I want you to purchase the book from Alex Gosen. I'm going to do it as soon as we wrap up this podcast for one simple reason. I can tell right now that Alex is going to allow me to become a more informed marketplace consumer. And that's important to me. And, and, and you know, Alex, I want to say once again, thanks so much for joining me on the show today. I've really had a blast um, you've really allowed me to kind of open up my brain to a little bit more about the real estate market as a whole and to look at things as a true selling process, not just a buying process. And I want to thank you for that. Well, thank you, Matt. I mean, I really enjoyed this interview. I think that you've asked some great questions and it's really been my pleasure. I hope that this is something that's valuable for your audience. And, and uh, if there's anything more that I can do to help your audience, please don't hesitate to ever reach out to me. Absolutely. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Alex Goldstein came to the power of great and delivered as promised. And you know, I just want to say thanks to everyone that listens to me every single week right here on the Power of Great podcast. It's a truly humbling honor to be your host. And I leave you with this every week. Success is never measured by what you step out of, rather by what you're truly committed to step into. And I can't wait to speak with you all again next week.